Welcome back to episode 103 of the Get Confident podcast with your host, Janelle Hosking. Today, we are joined by the inspiring Katie Soman, soon to be former primary teacher, who has been bravely navigating the journey from full-time traditional employment into self-employment. We talk about all that it takes internally to have the confidence and the belief to leave the financial security of a full-time job and heading into self-employment, all of the challenges, the internal thoughts and dialogue that goes along with that. And of course, the excitement of what is to come. Plus, you'll have some insights and tips into what it might look like for you to get on this bandwagon, start this journey for yourself if this is something that you feel called to do. We really break it down into uh, different steps and different um, roadmaps that you can take if this is something that you're wanting to create in your own life. It could be an awesome goal for you for 2024. Also, if you want to out what it will be like for you to start your own business and get into entrepreneurship. I've got a free assessment happening at the moment. Uh, check it out in the description below. I will link it there for you to take part in that. Let's get into this episode. You are going to learn so much and you will finish it by being so inspired and ready to truly make your dreams come true. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. I am so grateful to have Katie, my client, with us on the Get Confident podcast today. You and I have been talking about this for months, and I'm so glad that the day is finally here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. I know that as we gear up to the end of the year, it, it is very full. It is very challenging to find space and also to add another thing to our to-do list. So I'm very grateful for you making the time today, especially seeing as recently you have had an insane amount of things happening in your life, yeah. uh, which we will touch on throughout the episode. But so that our lovely listener can get to know you a little bit, why don't you share some of your journey that has gotten us to this point right now? Okay. Ko te whanganui atara te moana, ko ohau, ko oraua ngā awa e mahia nei aku maharahara. Uh, I tau mai oku tūpuna ki Aotearoa i runga i ngā waka o Canterbury o Lady Nugent. Uh, e mahia nei ki ngā tohu o Nehio o Ngāti Kaufata e noho nei au. Uh, ko Katie Toku Ingwa, uh, ko Sura Korawoku Matua, ko Ben Toku Tingani. Um, he kaya ko ahau i tēnei wā tonu, uh, he mahi nui tēnei kia koe janau, um, moto maua mahi i tēnei, moto taua mahi i tēnei tau, uh, hei, uh, kia oha te tēno kapu, hei, hei whakakahangia iau ki tēnei taha o, o te mahi um, i te i taku aku, taku ake nei uh, a kamupene, 
I te tīmata i te ramomomahi moku, nō reira, tēnenga mahi kia koe. Um, I just wanted to open by introducing myself and saying um, a little bit about my pepeha, where I grew up, which is in Wellington, acknowledging the maunga from the area um, and the rivers that are in the moana, obviously the sea, within the Wellington area up through to the Manawatu, where I currently live now, and just wanted to say a huge thank you to you, Janelle, for <laughs> being on this journey with me and helping me to, um, you know, build my own um, business and everything like that. So, yeah, huge thank you. Um, so, for me, I guess, um, just in terms of the question, you know, how did this come about? Where did we mm -hmm. come to from this point? Um I think you and I met at a cacao journey, I think, was it? Um, yeah, retreat. Years ago now, retreat. <laughs> and you were talking to me about how you help women, um, you know, build their own business. And at the time I was kind of like, oh, I'm not too sure about this and <laughs> whether it's something that um, I could do myself. Um, but I sat with it for a moment and thought, actually, this is something that I could start to lean into. Mm. Um and I feel also that, um, you know, I've been teaching for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. And I originally started, um, I wanted to become a teacher and I've always wanted to become a teacher. But my first actual degree was in um, Maori health. And I actually first started um, doing sports psychology in that space because I love health and that was one of my main things at high school I love PE so I thought I'd, I would like to be a sports psychologist and kind of found out that I didn't really enjoy psychology at <laughs> uni so I switched <laughs> to do Māori health and mm. during that time um, was a really pivotal time for me because I um I learnt about Te Tiriti o Waitangi for a whole semester um, alongside Veronica Tafai at um, Massey in Palmerston North. And it was through that experience of learning about Te Tiriti o Waitangi, the Treaty of Waitangi, that really uh, made me want to become a teacher even more. Um, and I had learnt about Te Tiriti o Waitangi and, um, you know, from a te ao Māori perspective growing up in my, um, in my kura, my primary school where I learnt te reo Māori. Mm -hmm. So I actually um, learnt te reo Māori from the age of two, na kohanga reo. My mum decided to put me through kohanga reo and then my primary school was te kura ōtari and part of that um, school it has a Māori immersion unit there. And, you know, I learnt quite a bit of our history there and unfortunately, when I moved to uh, English medium high school after that, um, the version of our history that we were taught wasn't always, you know, information from both a te ao Māori and a Pākehā perspective. It was very one-sided learning about Samuel Marsden and all those types of people. So wow. it was an interesting space. And um, I just kind of learnt through um, through learning with Veronica Tafai that a lot of our you know, Māori students are in English medium schools, that there aren't many teachers that are that are able to teach te reo Māori and tikanga Māori in those spaces. And when I say English medium, a lot of people refer to those schools as mainstream, but I don't really like to use that word because it then means that 
literally what it says is that it's mm. the main form of education and learning, whereas mm. we have other forms of education in New Zealand, like kura kaupapa Māori, kohanga reo, whare kura, Montessori, all different types. Absolutely. And so I like to use English medium for that mm. reason. Mm. Um, and so what I was wanting to do was be part of um, that space of bridging that gap to have more teachers that could teach te reo Māori to all of our tamariki, regardless of whether they're Māori, non-Māori. Um, and so that was kind of my reason for becoming a primary school teacher and stepping into that space. Um, and since then, I um, I have kind of discovered that in the in the English medium space, there's only so much that you can do because the system's not really set up to support um, mm. learning te reo. And, um, and it is in some way, shape or form, but often it can be quite tokenistic and, mm. and things like that. So um, I just found that it, it was something that was draining a lot of my energy and I lost a lot of my passion for wanting to, to teach um, in that space. Um, and I also, for my own personal um, side of things, my own personal responsibility, I lacked a lot of uh, self-confidence, even though I had a lot of the skill set and I was definitely utilising it with my classroom. There were ways in which that I definitely feel I could have done that a little bit better throughout mm. the school, but just lacked that um, confidence to do so and also lacked the support, I feel, to to um to foster that space mm -hmm. so I decided to um to step out of the school environment for a couple of years and um go towards my master's in Māori medium education so applied for that through teaching Z and it's been the best decision ever wow. I think for me it's um it's been the 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 step back in the sense of removing myself from the environment that I was no longer fired up about, mm. but reigniting the passion for te reo Māori and tikanga Māori that I've always had with me, um, but realising also that um, I can back myself a lot more in this space and I wanted mm -hmm. to really explore other avenues of teaching outside of just being with tamariki for while I was studying. Mm. And I thought, you know, why not give it a go with teaching adults te reo Māori? And I think that's kind of where I started to connect the dots with you, Janelle, because mm. I had no idea where to start. <laughs> <laughs> and I was freaking out thinking, what the heck am I doing? You know, um, what does it even look like to even start something new, a business um, for myself in that space? Um and I guess I still had quite a few of those limiting beliefs attached mm. to that space as well, which we've worked a lot on over <laughs> our last year, two years together. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my my journey in a in a not so nutshell, but in a nutshell. <laughs> um, oh yeah. my gosh, Katie, there is so much in there, and you know what the the craziest thing is one it feels like we worked together for so long the reality is it actually only started in like August 2022 so it's only just been over a year yeah. and I think the the natural reaction of all you know we've known each other we've worked together for a couple of years is because you've been able to achieve so much in such a short amount of time and I think 
a really big part of that is because you've literally done the work. You know, we, we talk through, like you said, those limiting beliefs. We talk through tools and strategies on growing your confidence and you actually go and do the things. And now you're here being able to share this um, experience to hopefully inspire somebody else and show them that they can do this for themselves as well. And I think, you know, it's really cool to talk about, um, which we will talk about the, the um, successes and the visions for the future that you have, um, because it is so exciting hearing where you've been and then to, to know where you're going. But I'm curious first, what would you say has been the most challenging part of this journey since you decided to explore another avenue still towards the same goal of teaching to the Maori, but in a different medium outside of, um, you know, in, in primary and towards adults, like what's been the most challenging part of that slash starting a business for you? Um, there's a couple of things. I think it really comes back to self-belief and, um, having the confidence to step out on my own, not be, you know, in a, in a school system where you're supported with everything in terms of, you know, the admin side of things, or, you know, you don't have to think about any kind of setup. You, you do your teaching and you plan and you, <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also for me, um, one of the major, major challenges that I've really had to work through is the fact that, you know, I um I am non-Maori in this physical form, but have, you know, a Nako Wairua Maori, you know, my mm-hmm. soul just like loves Te Ao Maori. And, you know, um I think that was the the hardest thing for me is my own stories I think I had kind of mm. told myself or preconceived um judgments around that and um just learning to be at peace with being both non-Maori and having a, a soulful Maori wairua, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and learning to embrace that because, um, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to talk to people in Te Reo Maori and share what I've been taught um, by my teachers, regardless of who's in front of me. If someone's asked any question interior or wants to know something and I can offer that help and support I'll do it regardless you know it's um I'm so so grateful that I have had many te reo Māori teachers share this beautiful taonga this treasure with me and it's not something that um that I have to keep it's actually something for me to share with other people who also want to learn who also just want to speak you know Mm. and I think I just got myself to the point where that's what I'm doing I'm sharing my love for te ao Māori and te reo Māori and I know how to do that in the most respectful way possible Um, I'm not trying to say that I know everything or um, (laughs) you know that I am Māori because that's not the truth but I am wanting to share the love for it and I think there are a lot of people out there who don't know where to start who who feel like they want the safe space to learn to ask questions to to wānanga or to have discussions around te reo Māori and that's essentially what I'm creating within this space and it's still very much early days um, but I really 
I really enjoy um, the teaching adults, you know, one-to-one. As much as mm. I a key, there's just differences, I think, um, within that space. Um, but I think, you know, the going back to when my parents decided to put me through Kohanga Reo, that was the time when Kohanga Reo had really only just been established. It had only probably been... Um, going on for about 10 years or so by the time I was born and, you know, ready to go to Kohangareo. And my own parents had thoughts of, oh, should we do this? Should we not? They wanted us to tell, but they weren't sure if it was appropriate for non-Māori to come into these types of spaces at that particular time mm-hmm. when the language was, you know, being revitalised. And it was my um, my Kohangareo teachers that really uh, stood up for that and said, you know, we, we want more non-Māori to come and learn so that, you know, um, the perspectives around te ao Māori as a whole can start to shift mm-hmm. because often we see the negatives through social media and all those types of things and our society in general hasn't always been um, very warming to te ao Māori, let's just say. And um, I feel that the only way that we can make those shifts is that we, if we can show people the real beauty of te reo Māori and, um, and just what it's all about. So, yeah, that was my intention coming into this space and starting this aspect of teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I think it's such a, a powerful revelation to, you know, have these fears, have these doubts and to in a way change that mindset just to being of service you know you you have spent such a long time learning this skill and this art form and you know as you say that to to keep um it inside to to hide that treasure is is holding back other people from being able to um I guess see and learn their own truth so the fact that you were able to realize acknowledge and to actually use that to help you on those days when you do still have those doubts because the thing is it's it's great to to work on them to overcome them to um you know build that confidence overcome those limiting beliefs but we're still human right so I know every now and then you have that little niggle in your mind and it's catching it and being like no like I'm meant to be here I'm meant to do this and and like I say being being your biggest cheerleader which is something that you're so amazing at and I think when you do that the universe it, it sees you and hears you and it keeps um I guess until a certain point it tests you, right, to see if this is what you really want. And then once you keep showing up, keep showing up, keep affirming, no, I'm meant to be here, I'm in the right space, this is exactly what I'm meant to do, things start to really happen for you. And in the past few months, that has been a massive part of what you've been working through to the point where you have made an incredible um oh my gosh, decision to close a door and to open another for yourself. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I guess it kind of all links into what I had talked about before in the sense that, um, you know, I still want to be a teacher and I'll Mm. still teach in schools. Um, That's what I will be also doing next year, but just not in the full-time classroom teaching capacity and the reason that I chose to do that was because, you know, I really, I really, I guess, fell in love with the process of teaching adults. And I thought, you know, 
why why can't I make a a job for myself where I'm doing a whole combination of different forms of teaching mm-hmm. um, within the Te Reo Māori space and so um, I'll be doing some mahi in schools that you know have um, Te Reo Māori environments that I'll be going to next year um, and I've also been doing some consultancy work as well teaching in a corporate space um, and also teaching my own um, clients one-on-one online too. So I think for me next year is I have a couple of words is exploration and Mm. allowing or allowance Mm. and whatever that looks like and feels like because I really just want to explore different opportunities which I wouldn't have necessarily considered being full-time in a classroom Mm -hmm. because we just don't have the time or energy for that literally it's a lifestyle being a primary school teacher Mm -hmm. um and I I do love I do love what we do I do have a lot of respect for primary school teachers and um and everything like that I just um feel that I've done my time in that Mm -hmm. space and would like to explore other things and it may not necessarily be teaching te reo Māori directly but anything in the te reo Māori space I love so in any way, shape or form, if I can help support communities in spaces like this or um, offer some form of real lessons um, or anything like that, then that's what I want to do. And um, even if it's working alongside others who are already doing that kind of mahi, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really want to, yeah, have that time to explore what that looks like. And I think um, doing it this way, gives me that flexibility to to um, try different things um, I think the biggest thing that I found that I I guess um, made me a little bit more fearful about that space was you know with primary school t- teaching I have a set salary or an income that I'm used to receiving so it was quite a internal shift to go okay I'm not going to have that financial security anymore Mm, mm. Um, so I'm going to have to be quite creative about ways that I go about finding my own work and I actually as much as I was scared I'm also really excited about it because Mm -hmm. I think that that's for me an area that I've always wanted to strengthen within myself is that confidence to hold my own to back myself and I just I thought about it quite some time and I thought you know I don't think I'm ever going to be in a space where um, you know I'm going to completely um, not have anything come through you know or Mm. I feel that the universe will hold me in however way it needs to and yeah it's going to look different and yes maybe at times there might be a little bit more uncertainty than what I'm used to Mm -hmm. but I think for me I need that um just to grow me a bit more uh, Mm. in that space um and I'm just yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to what's out there Mm. and exploring that space and allowing whatever comes through um to come through as it needs to so yeah that is beautiful Pat there's so much in that firstly around the idea of exploring is so good because it's really easy when you have that safety net of 
um, you know, a regular paycheck or, or a um, pretty good salary to stay there, right? Especially when you've got a mortgage, you, you know, you yeah. have expectations on you bills. It's hard to live. It's so expensive to live right now. So it's really easy to stay in that place until you get this like one thing that's uh, solid that you know you can jump out of one and into the other. And my experience and your experience, that is just not the way it is. And so this concept of exploration and in my experience, giving permission to myself to just try it and give it a go and take any opportunity that comes your way, you're going to learn so much. You're going to learn shit you don't like and yeah. you're going to learn stuff that you love like when I first left my employment full-time and went into business I was growing my client base you were one of my first clients at that time mm -hmm. and I also took on a part-time contract so I was you know in, in a way you're still an employee but mm -hmm. it's it's flexible it's do it whenever you want it's online it's working towards the goal and the vision of being fully self-employed bringing your own clients your way one day yeah but what you're doing along the way is you're giving yourself permission to explore and also to learn more stuff like the amount of things that I learned inside that experience of working part-time with an organization after I left my full-time employment, you know, in, in the contracting sense, taught me frameworks that I'm, or not so much frameworks, but like systems and procedures that I'm implementing now in my business, which has helped me as a one woman band to be able to do it sustainably and not pull my hair out out of exhaustion because like you said going from teaching or a job where it's somebody else's responsibility to look after the admin to now working for yourself having to create your own invoices every month having to make sure everything tallies up having to make sure you've got the money there to pay your mortgage and and still cover your business expenses as well it, it does add an extra element, not only of pressure, but also just of capacity in your brain. So when you're, you've got this mindset of exploring, if something, an opportunity comes your way, say for you, like relieving, or for me doing some part-time online business work for another coaching company, why not take it? It doesn't have to be your forever. And it doesn't mean any less of this journey you're on as a business owner, it's actually really freaking smart, to be honest. <laughs> and um, the other thing that I love is it means if you're trying to create freedom, you can really lean into and explore what that looks like and, and say yes to opportunities to learn, but to uh, things that may pay you more, things that may pay you less, things that may stretch you more, things that may help you to grow your network. Like everything has um, a purpose and it also has some form of opportunity to help you grow and strengthen your knowledge on this journey of being a business owner. Now, I am curious to know, what it took from you to actually give yourself permission. Because I know you said that, that one of those hardest things was going from that safety net, that security of that steady paycheck to now this uncertainty. And we don't know how long we're going to be in that uncertain state for. So you, mm. something's really got to change in your mind to be able to give you permission just to go for it. Can you share yeah. with us what that was for you? Um, I think I really just 
set myself down and thought about what my options would be um, once my master's was completed. Mm-hmm. And when I really thought about going back into the classroom, um, I really didn't didn't sit well with me at all. And mm. I, you know, had this conversation with myself. I was like, this is the reason that I have come into doing the master's so that I could have that um not just the breathing space, it was obviously it's helped me to develop um, myself in other areas as well and to be able to now give back and contribute more, but that I didn't necessarily have to do that in a classroom environment. Um, and I just knew where I was at wasn't really going to grow me mm. anymore. And I thought about that and I, um, I as much as I have loved working at the school and have have grown um, a lot since when I first started and learned a lot about you know myself and teaching as a whole and working with whānau and communities and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff um I just wanted something different and so I thought if not now then it's never basically and I didn't want to go back into that same cycle of just not enjoying where I was and trying to fit myself into this box that wasn't really going to be, um, you know, supporting the skill set that I do have and enhancing that so that it is of benefit to everyone in the space that I'm working. Um, And I think the other part of it was um, I had to let go of, um, this is a a work in progress, (laughs) um, judgments and pre prejudgments that I think either I've had of myself or others would have of me Mm. I decided at that point I was like well I can either let those things that may or may not be true hold me back and stay um, where I was or I can go okay well I can't control how someone else views me but I can control how I view myself and what I what I know I have to offer and contribute and um and so I just at that point decided I'm just gonna do it mm-hmm. just gonna do it and it, there's nothing wrong with exploring and giving it a go and if I find out that it's what I love to do awesome if I find out like you said that it's not there are aspects of it that I don't enjoy that's awesome too because mm-hmm. it's all part of that process of um learning about what fits for you and what doesn't and I think um, I'm excited for that process uh, because I one of the things um, that I've struggled with personally as well is being able to say yes to the things that I actually really want to say yes to and not just saying yes to things because I think it will make other people happy or mm. will help other people and also the same thing of saying no right and mm do that in a really healthy way and I think through this process this is really going to help me strengthen that side of things and just be able to assert myself a little bit more um uh and yeah all those types of things so um yeah I think I hope that answers (laughs) answers Mm. the question a little Mm. bit Yeah. yeah when it comes to actually stepping out of that employment regular paycheck vibe and into this world where it's on you right Mm. I found in my first year that I said yes to everything Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really awesome. The intention was to grow a really good network. Now mm-hmm. for me, a year and a half later, I am at this point of being really, I guess, discerning with what I do say yes and no to. So exactly what you're saying, but from a perspective of in year one, Janelle, say yes to everything. And after you're paying the mortgage, after you're paying yourself that regular paycheck, maybe even after you've given yourself a pay rise, then you can start saying no. And it's a really interesting mindset to to be in because right now this place is saying no and I just actually released an episode on this last week um my schedule all of a sudden is really free Mm. and my internal is like oh my god freaking out just freaking out at this space because I haven't had that for a year and a half it has been Mm. so full-on go 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 and now when it has this feeling of like crap are you going to be able to pay your bills this month? There's not enough work. It's like, we're good. You've Mm. set this up in a way where you don't have to rush around and be pulling your hair out because you're so stressed. And I think that I was reading um, a book by uh, a business coach here in New Zealand, Jackie Siv, she released it recently. And something that she said was the reason why she decided to be self-employed is because there was no ceiling on the income that she could earn. Whereas as an employee, and you would know this by being a teacher, you can only get pay rises as you take on more responsibilities or as your skills develop. And that can be exhausting, especially if you know the only way to get that increase is by learning or taking on something that you don't care about, that you would love to say no to. Mm -hmm. But if you want that extra five or 10 grand a year, sorry, you've got to do it. You've got to be the coach of that sport that you don't like, or you've got to spend your Saturdays like volunteering, doing something, I don't know, random examples. Yeah. By stepping into the world of self-employment, shit, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. Your gut is going to freak out out of not having that safety net and just this little world of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But if you can trust that, know that on the other side of that, is unlimited potential, not mm. only for your financials, for mm. your time, and for the way you can then give back to others. Exactly. So I think that what you're doing and your mindset around it is amazing. And I am so grateful that I've been able to help support you on this journey so far um and get you to this point where you are, you know, you have resigned <laughs> and are yeah. saying goodbye. Yeah. Through that full-time employment. That feels like a win for me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, our relationship with money as well. And, you know, the fears around it, the way we, you know, the way that we see ourselves Mm -hmm. and what we're worth as well has been a, um, and that was one of the other parts of my journey I really learned through working with you as well is especially when, you know, obviously um, charging clients Mm -hmm. and, you know, stating what the price would be. um, That was also quite a shift for me too, because (laughs) I was like, oh, I don't know if I should be charging for this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a Tonga and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, but you know what? Yeah, it's it's that whole exchange of frequency. It's the change Mm -hmm. of time. It's everything that, that I put into my work that I've created and mm-hmm. all of that encompasses the the price that's um, placed onto um, the package that I offer, the lessons mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm-hmm. 
you know, um, this is a way that the other person can reciprocate that frequency. And that's just how our world works at the moment. It may not be what we would all like <laughs> to do, but um, I think it's just thinking about money as what it is. It is a frequency. It is an energy like anything else. Yep. And um, it's not the root of all evil, like we've been taught <laughs> to believe and all those types of um, stereotypes around it. So for me, working alongside you with that side of things and also learning how to set up a business and learn about, you know, um, how to be responsible for my own taxes, writing everything down that goes in, that goes out, um, to creating content for, um, you know, explaining my business, which I'm in the process of doing. <laughs> You know, there's so many things that goes into creating a business I just was completely unaware of. And having someone like yourself there to coach me through that where I could ask questions and, mm. um, you know, I really was a beginner, <laughs> beginner, beginner. Like I felt like a student again, mm. really something new, a new skill set. And um, you make it really simple for people to understand. And, um, yeah, I just out really I guess um supported by you throughout the whole process so it's been an incredible journey so thank you so much for for everything and and you know being a guide for me through this space it's been you, awesome you are so welcome this is the thing that just lights my heart up and it's really crazy because when I first left my own job I was very much helping women with their confidence and then as I started seeing clients, it started evolving into career confidence. And then we went from career confidence to career and business confidence. And now I just feel this shift in me where I'm just so lit up by helping women just like you, like really wanting to step into that place of creating their own financial future, especially when they have no freaking idea how to make it work. And they have no idea like, what what is a package how how do I price this thing how do I let people know about it like all of that how-to stuff is just so joyous for me and I really feel that 2024 is going to bring more of that um I guess knowledge out of me and into the the minds and hearts of women who are wanting to step in and um, take charge of their own financial future. So I'm grateful mm. for you and helping me to practice that skill and make it, I guess, stretch me to simplify everything as much as possible so that anyone with some kind of idea on their heart or mission can actually learn how to make that a reality rather than sitting on it for their whole life and wishing they did something with it, but not out of the fear and not knowing how to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really keen to know when it comes to believing in yourself mm -hmm. and knowing you can achieve your dreams, mm -hmm. what for you helps you to keep going even when you're scared because I mean right now 
you're on like the precipice, this tipping point mm. of these nerves, but their excitement, like they're full-blown excitement. Whereas there's every potential that in the next few months that is going to turn into interfere, which I know you can still turn that into excitement. But, you know, like what is it that you do to keep you going even when you're scared? Mm, that's a really good question. I think, um, you know, what I'm learning about fear is it's kind of like false experiences appearing real really is how you can kind of break it down yeah but it's kind of true like I think when we actually think about something that we're scared about it's actually the thing that we need to lean the most into Mm -hmm. and I think for me, I'm just so grateful that I have a really solid support system around me, like my mm. my family, uh, my friends. Um, and I just know that um, if I'm ever stuck or unsure of something, you know, I have my people to go to to just, you know, have a bit of a freak out session <laughs> and, you know, and know that that's okay to freak out because yeah. there's nothing wrong with being scared. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's an emotion that every single human being experiences and as I'm saying this I'm reminding myself of this too <laughs> you know and um on the other side of the scariness of the fear is this new exciting space and mm-hmm. who knows what can come of it mm-hmm. but if we choose not to um go towards that fear we're actually choosing to stay the same. Mm. We're actually choosing the same cycles that we have been sitting in for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a legitimate time when we should be scared, right? Like if we, um, if there's an earthquake or <laughs> we're crossing the road and some car is coming by, mm. you know. Um, but a lot of the time I, and I'm reflecting on when I felt fearful myself, it's because of these kind of stories we kind of play out in our minds of why things won't work out or all those types of things. So I think it's just um, allowing yourself to breathe through those and Mm. to just know that it's normal that those things come up. Um, And the best thing that we can do is take action to affirm what we want from the situation. So I think that would be the best way that I would kind of describe that you summed that up beautifully I couldn't help but think as you were sharing that that I need to tell my VAs that we're clicking out or clipping out that bit and sharing it on socials it was (laughs) I mean the whole thing's been amazing but that in particular I was like we need to get more women leaning into their fear rather than hiding away from it because a choice is a choice if you choose to lean into the fear awesome but if you choose to stay exactly where you are you still chose that like mm. you are choosing that dissatisfaction in your life. And mm. no matter how hard it is to choose otherwise, to choose to lean into that fear, it's mm-hmm. actually, it's still in my eyes, still hard to choose to stay the same, you yeah. know, because you then have to live out that for potentially the rest of your life. And I'm sorry, but that is not something I would ever want to do if no. I was dissatisfied. And I think we get the most growth out of those times when we are scared. Like I'm definitely scared like moving into this new space, but also knowing that um, the excitement actually comes from 
the fact that I know I'm going to grow, that I know mm. they're going to help me in the long, long term. Mm. And um, it's just, yeah, if we if we don't do the things that we uh, are scared of or potentially fearful of, then we don't grow. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I think that could be so detrimental. And when we t- think about self-confidence as well, the only way that we can build confidence within ourselves is if we fail forwards. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've been scared and I thought, oh, I'll do it anyway. And it hasn't always panned out as I would have liked it to, or, you know, I've stuffed something up or um, haven't arrived somewhere on time, all those types of things. And I just think back on it and I think, well, if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't actually know what to do for next mm-hmm. time or yeah. things within myself that I actually need to work on and mm. that need to improve on mm. without those experiences having happened. So, um, yeah, I think that's really um, the most important thing to think about and try and, like, when you're in those moments of feeling anxiety, to to remind ourselves of that and if we can't in that moment take a breath and then Mm -hmm. speak to someone because Mm -hmm. I've had to in the last couple of days where so many things um have come up because um you know I shared with you recently I've been to Ahipara Mm -hmm. up there on Māori healing with Miri Miri and Omiromi and so many things you know it was extremely beautiful I can't even begin to describe um the whole um, experience and the people we met but it also um, highlighted a few things to me and things have surfaced up that you know I thought I had dealt with but had it quite obviously and yeah. so leaning into those people that I know I can share things with safely and have them remind me of things that I would often say to myself or to others and other times mm. but just sometimes we need those reminders um, and there's nothing wrong wrong with that so don't be hard on on yourself if you're going through something similar um just because we need a reminder doesn't mean we haven't done it right it's just sometimes that's just where we're at and um acknowledging that and doing what we can to move forward from that is the best thing that we can do so yeah there's always a solution absolutely solution focused is so key Thank you, Katie, for coming on the show today. It has just been incredible to hear from you in this way, you know, outside of our usual one-on-one sessions. And um, I'm going to make sure that we put a link to your your socials um, where the ladies can find you if they're interested in learning more about your services. Seeing as next year in 2024, you'll have more capacity and um, be actively taking on new clients. I know that for myself, um, I this is a bit of a vulnerable share, but my my birth father and that side of my family are Maldi, and um, I was always brought I guess when I grew up anytime I would identify with you know being Maori um people would always say no you're not you're white you're you know there was there was always judgment and it would always come back to not visually looking the part I suppose mm-hmm. and what that did in me is um I guess made me hide that that side of myself and um, mm. I think what you do is you create a space for anyone who has had a similar experience 
as me feel that they can open up and really allow themselves to show up as themselves without that fear mm -hmm. of judgment of you don't belong here or you're not, you know, you're not the right color, which is so bullshit. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I mean that's kids yeah. right like that was primary yeah. school that was little seven eight nine ten year old kids and often when people say those things it's actually um more often than not a projection of how they feel of themselves mm. that they've actually um said to themselves over and over again to a point where they felt that that's okay to say to themselves so they then feel that that's acceptable to say to someone else mm. or you know it's those um I guess indoctrinated ways of thinking that may have been passed through the families um and like what you said kids at school you know who want to get a reaction or a response out of someone mm. regardless of whether it's positive or negative for that attention mm. um yeah and you know it just comes down to well, what is it that you want and mm. you know yourself the best and it, it comes down to discerning what is yours and what isn't and that's a big mm. big journey um but I really do thank you for sharing that and sharing your experience of that because it's not an easy thing to talk about um outwardly to other people <laughs> and I think what you've shared a lot of other people who experience that too can really relate to what you've mm. talked about so I think these kinds of discussions are really important, um, especially when it comes to learning a language or learning about a culture that's either yours or someone else's. Absolutely. I think it just helps to create a lot more of that understanding between people mm. and that's what it should be about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Most definitely. Oh, so much love for you, Katie. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show today. And I'm just so excited to see where your business journey takes you. Thank you so much for having me in this space. And yeah, onwards and upwards for both of us. It's exciting. <laughs>